our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Money Confessions, a weekly series where you tell us your deepest, darkest money secrets or hot takes. You're joined today by Sim, and I am so excited to be here. Sonia is unfortunately away sick, and the way that we record is we kind of do a couple of episodes back to back, so you'll have my gracious voice by myself, unfortunately, for the next couple of Money Confessions, but that is okay. Let's get straight into the show. Dear Sim, I have an elder brother who indirectly tries to avoid some financial responsibility of the house that we rent. We both earn the same, but when it comes to contributing to family gatherings and outings for relatives that we invite at times, he finds it unfair to have to half the expenses of five people between the two of us and would rather just pay off his own share and I end up paying for the rest of the four. We're Indians in Australia, so we have some relatives from India that, for example, come to visit and explore. I haven't had this conversation with him, but I understand his thought process. So I'm 25 and I've recently received my Australian permanent residency after seven years of hard work, whereas he may have lost his chance of being a permanent resident here and will have to go back to India in the coming years. For background, he is not well educated and he was pulled out of school by my narcissistic father when he was in his eighth grade and I'll always feel bad for the opportunities that he missed out on. But as an adult, he never tried to raise himself up. I've had to put big efforts into bringing him to Australia in 2019 and even since he's been here, he's barely saved up anything and mostly spends whatever he earns on his vices like alcohol and other things. Because he knows I will not financially support him if he ends up going back to India, he thinks it's unfair for him to have to pay for family-related stuff while he is here, but I know he is not even saving up for his future back in India either. I feel overwhelmed by all of these financial responsibilities. As an international student, I was covering all of my visa and tuition fees along with my family's expenses, and even after permanent residency, I'm not left with much to invest or start building my life if I keep covering all of these costs. I would not be happy to accept his contributions now and raise his expectations of me helping him when he goes back to India with him not having to work there. 
but the burden is getting too much with our rising lifestyle and cost of living crisis. How do you think I should approach this conversation in a fair manner? Please help. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Oh my goodness, this is a big one. I just feel like I can really relate to this example, not because I'm in the same situation, but just being Indian as well and from the side of the world as well I know exactly what you're referring to there's this custom where if you have and I don't think this is just Indian people but if you have family that come over and visit you they will come and stay at your house and if you take them out for lunch or for dinner they will pay nothing and you cover dinner or if you take them out to I don't know see the attractions in your area you'll pay for the attraction tickets if you have like nieces and nephews that visiting and they want a toy like you will pay for that toy and the thought is that when you go back to India or you go visit them then they do the same for you and it's just this like very nice we take care of you when you're our guests because in our culture we view our guests as gods and, and the same happens when you go back so I can understand the concern that you are facing around well like no part of you, which I think is quite interesting, no part of you thought, well, I'm just going to stop taking care of my family. Like no part of you was like, well, you know what? The next time my family come, they can just figure it out on their own because I don't have the financial means to. It seems like you want to, no matter what, give your family that really fantastic experience when they come, but your brother isn't shipping in. If you want to have a conversation with him, I think there's a few things that you need to take into account before you even consider starting it. And I would really recommend preparing your thoughts and outlining your concerns and understanding what financial boundaries you want to put in place and also what you're willing to maybe compromise on. It's really difficult because the way you've set it out is you're quite aware of your privilege and you're saying, well, look, I'm 25 and I've gotten a permanent residency, which means I'm a little bit more settled. I was able to stay in school. I wasn't pulled out because of my parents. He was pulled out in eighth grade. He has all these other things that he's dealing with. And you haven't stated how old your brother is, but it is a lot more tricky when you are the kind of family member who wants to take people under their wing and sometimes that means financially and sometimes that means you're going to say well you know 
I want my brother to have a good life too. What's the point of me having a good life? Like I have a sibling. He's a lot younger, so he doesn't necessarily make his own money yet. He's still at school. But I imagine that if he got to a stage where he wasn't looking after himself or he wasn't saving and investing and he was spending his money more frivolously and like you said, he wasn't really raising himself up, I would still feel really guilty even though that's their choice and that's their fault and I guess we often come across a more western approach which is every man for himself or like if your sibling is not good with money let them figure it out on their own let them I don't know perish by themselves like they should be able to be adults and sort themselves out and I think there's something to be said about that I'm not really of the belief that you do that completely and you just cut them off. I'm also not of the belief that you go completely towards the more traditional Indian way of of dealing with this and just, you know, head down, keep paying for things and just kind of keep quiet about it. I think there's a space in the middle. And I believe you're asking me this question because not a lot of us have grown in this middle ground where you've got your Western traditions and you've got your I guess, Eastern traditions, and you're trying to find the right way of dealing with this because if you spoke to someone back home and you were like, my sibling is not pulling his weight, I'm going to cut him off financially, they would be like, wow, Simran is the most craziest woman to have ever existed. She won't help her sibling. And if you brought this up to maybe someone at work in Australia and you're like, my brother is leeching off me and I... I'm going to continue paying for him because I'm his sister and I kind of feel bad. They're going to be like, wow, Simran is, Simran's lost the plot. Like why, like why is the bank of Simran open? The bank of Simran needs to close. He should be paying his fair share. Like you roughly earn the same amount and yet the contributions are very different. That's not fair. Now I want to give your brother the benefit of the doubt because you While you feel overwhelmed by these financial responsibilities, obviously as an international student, you have said that you haven't felt so comfortable bringing it up with him. And I want you to write down before you even have a conversation with him or before anyone has a conversation with someone else about, hey, I don't feel like the money that we're spending is equal or fair, write down what you are happy to keep spending money on. So for example, that might be, hey, I'm happy to cover a little bit more in rent or I'm happy to cover, you know, if we go out, I'm happy to give you a certain amount of money in your bank account that you spend or I'm happy to cover the bills for this and this and this. What I won't want to cover is the entire bill when our relatives come over. What I don't want to cover is your ticket back to India if you want to go travel and see friends and family. What I won't cover is the entire rent and that you live at home and I won't be covering, I don't know, the money that you spend towards alcohol. And also I notice that you're not saving. Those things are good to set boundaries before you go and sit down and have a conversation with him because you're absolutely right. It should not be your burden to be taking care of everyone when they come over financially. Like you said, you earn the same amount. It's not a case of... I'm bringing in $100,000 and he's bringing in $30,000 and I'm mad that he's not contributing. When people come over, I think you've made it clear that you want to keep these traditions where you take care of people that come and visit. I'd word it in a way 
we he was really aware that there's a few options available. You can say to him, hey, when we have people coming over and, you know, we've got five people staying between the two of us and I end up paying for everyone and you're just paying for your own ticket or you're just paying for your own lunch, you can say to him, if going forward that's what you want to do, then you can just tell the family or we can tell the family, hey, by the way, we're not covering lunch or we're not covering this ticket or we're not covering your accommodation. And then you say to him, but I really want to because that is a value of mine and I would love for you to contribute to this because this is our culture and this is what I believe in. If he doesn't believe in it, then that's okay. It's just a matter of you both having to be okay and being comfortable with saying, okay, well, I guess we won't pay for everything and we'll let them know that, but let's at least, you know, cover their dinners while they're here and they can get their own lunches and you're finding a compromise. In terms of sitting down and having that conversation, though, I think choosing the right time and setting is very important. Definitely don't want to be having money conversations when you're stressed or in a hurry. I think it's really important to share your feelings without blaming him, even though you deep down, I mean, I feel it for you, that you deep down kind of think, well, it is his fault. Like, he should just get over it. Like, look at me. I've done well. I've figured it out on my own. Why can't he... I would really recommend you using I statements to express how you feel. So for example, hey, I feel overwhelmed when I have to cover a majority of the expenses for family gathering rather than you aren't pulling your fair share and it's stressing me out. I think you've done a really, really, really good job and it just shows a level of emotional intelligence. You've done a really good job of acknowledging his perspective and I think If you can get that across when you talk to him about money, that's going to really help him. You want to show him that you understand his point of view. You want to acknowledge it. For example, I understand that you feel like it's unfair to split the cost between five people, between the two of us. And it's really important, in my opinion, to just keep it to the facts, bring up the reality of your financial situation. I think sometimes other people aren't always going to know your perspective and just because you've got a really good job or you've done a really good job at understanding where he's coming from understanding his perspective relating it all the way back to his childhood and you know this has happened and this has happened and therefore this is the way he's acting the way he is not everyone's going to have acknowledged your perspective to the same degree and so it's really important to share with him hey look I know you think that, you know, it's my responsibility to do this and that. And I know from this point of view, I've got a more stable future, but we still have the same salary and we still have similar bills and I'm still covering a lot more of it. And when you discuss the facts and you share it with him, like your sibling, of course, doesn't want you to be, you know, financially stressed. And of course, they don't want you to be overwhelmed or resent them because that's what's going to end up happening long term if it keeps going down this way. You've been empathetic. You hear him out. You help him understand your point of view. And then this is the hard part. You're going to set financial boundaries. You're going to bring out this list. You're going to explain to him your financial limits and the importance of him contributing. You're not going to be like, listen, buddy, these are my boundaries. Sit down. Listen to me. Like, I just think that would go down so poorly. Imagine if we sat our friends down and was like, look, when you go out to town, my boundary is I'm not doing a shot with you. My boundary is I'm going to do a shot of water. Please back off. I'm trying to save. 
I don't think that's ever worked in the history of the world. But in a more understanding way, you're going to say, hey, I can't continue to cover this expense and this expense. I'm trying to save up for this other expense. And therefore, I think it's important for both of us to contribute fairly. I really value the time we spend together. I want to keep traveling with our family when they come over. I want to do that with you. And I would love if you could cover X, Y, Z, and I'll cover ABC. When you say that, you might get a little bit of backlash. You might be like, my sister got into Australia and just completely changed. Like you're not the same person you used to be. You used to be so giving and like what now you've got your permanent residency. You're like a different gal. We often get this setback or this reaction from people, but you've just got to let that slide and just continue to focus on being, oh, I hate saying this term, a solution orientated. You've just got to be like, listen, I hear you. Here are some practical ways to handle the expenses. Maybe we get a splitwise, which is like an app where if I buy you something or if you buy me something, we just put it into the app and then we can tally up who owes who more. We don't have to spend or, or send that money straight away, but it just lets us you know, keep in mind where the money's going and coming from. We could either do a joint budget for family events. We could make a separate bank account where we both pull money into a little jar, if you may. And so when relatives come, we've just got that pool to pull out from. And I would say if he's still pushing, just give him a chance to speak and listen to his concerns You want him to feel heard. You want to make this conversation feel like a dialogue and not a monologue. You don't want him to go away and be like, my sister is an absolute dictator with her money. And as long as you don't fall into like ultimatum territory, you're going to be okay. You do not want to be saying things like, if you don't do this, I will stop talking to you. You don't want to say things like, I just feel like you need to pull your weight. And if you don't, I'm going to go off and and tell everyone. You've got to find some kind of compromise that you can plan for the future. And this is something we've never spoken about on the podcast before, but I really recommend when you have these hard money conversations to have a follow-up and say, hey, you know, we've had this really hard conversation. I just want to check and see how you feel. Let's trial it for a month or let's trial it when the next family member comes over. And look, if it doesn't work, that's okay. We'll try something else. But I'd love for you to try with me to help take care of our family. I think you have your heart in the right place. It sounds like you've done really well for yourself. And the fact that you're coming to us with this question in a way of how do I approach this conversation as opposed to how do I cut my brother off from my bank speaks, you know, very highly of the kind of person you are. So I hope it goes well. I hope you have this conversation with him and let us know how it goes. Now, if you have a money confession or hot take that you want to send, please email us at hello at girlsthatinvest.com or DM us and you may just be featured in next week's episode. Until next time, team. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.